Welcome to the Mama Embodied Podcast with yours truly, Shayna Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the motherhood and parenting journey. Mama Embodied is a must-listen for mothers and mothers-to-be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. This show is here to help you understand how healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generation's lives to come. So through honest conversations around reparenting yourself, conscious parenting, effective attunement and communication, mental health, and improving your physical well-being, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started. What is up, Soul Fam? I gotta say, you clicked into a really incredible podcast episode. Like, this has truly been one of my favorite conversations to date, so I cannot wait for you to listen in. You know, I met Katie at a school I used to attend, and we sat down for lunch one day, and she mentioned that she was also an attachment therapist, but also specialized in working with couples. And right then and there, I knew I needed to have her on the show without a doubt. Like, she just has such an incredible energy about her, and is a beautifully embodied mama when it comes to raising kids from the secure attached perspective. And another thing that I love about Katie is that she keeps it real. Like she isn't here to act like her life is perfect and all put together and buttoned up. Like she is so authentic. And I think you're really going to appreciate her heart and her perspective on things, especially when it comes to improving the connection you have with your kids and your partner, and how body-based therapies like attachment healing and internal family systems can really open your perspective to a whole new way of being in the world. So if you love what you hear, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your loved ones, share it on your Instagram stories, and I'll see you on the other side. So Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I know when we first met, it was like, hi, I'm Shayna. Like, I'm an attachment therapist. And you're like, oh my God, I'm an attachment therapist. (laughs) So I knew when I started this podcast, I wanted you on the show so we could really go deep on this topic. And I think you have such a special insight with working with couples as well that hasn't been on the show. So I'm just so happy to have you here. So... Mm. To start, I know you specialize in so many modalities from EMDR to internal family systems to attachment, and you're also a yoga teacher. So to start, I'd love for my audience to know a little bit more about you. So what led you to supporting individuals and couples through healing their trauma through these body-based therapies? 
<laughs> question. I, I, I think I, well, I mean, I was, I was born in California. I was born in Southern California and lived there until I was 12. And my dad is actually, he's a pastor. And so he wanted to start a church in central Texas. And so he moved us to Texas uh, when I was 12. And as you can imagine, it was a really interesting developmental time to move to a different state. And, and I find there were, there were so many pieces to that, that I've worked through and healed, but the piece for me that I reflect on is that I left the ocean mm. and there was something about going to the ocean going to the Pacific coast almost every weekend and getting to regulate there. And my both of my parents are just beautiful humans and they both also have complex trauma mm -hmm. and so getting to go and just body surf and feel the vastness and the fierceness of the ocean and and also to have something to push against that was rhythmic and it was so beautiful so i think i think that's a that's an important piece to to how I found co-regulation within elements and, and being outside. And, and so I, you know, fast forward to being a teenager and I've been working since I was 15 and, um, and worked my way through college and I landed at 25 at a corporate job and was experiencing a lot of stress there. And my boss at the time, he said, so I'm seeing this counselor through EAP and I think you should check her out and I'll, I'll call her Jay. And so I went and sure enough, the work stress, we could lead it back to attachment stress. Mm -hmm. And so she said, I do this tapping thing, <laughs> which now I know is bilateral stimulation with EMDR. And so I did it and it was life changing for me. And so I decided to go to grad school and found major purpose and wanted to pay it forward. And, and so I went to St. Ed's in Austin and funny enough, I was, I found out that I was accepted to St. Ed's when I was six weeks pregnant with our first son. Mm -hmm. And so through grad school, I was raising this beautiful being and and then I, so I, during the day I'd be with him and then at night I would go to school. And I remember one night I pulled up into the driveway and the stars were so clear in the sky and I had this feeling, it's like I shifted into, whoa, like I'm exactly where I need to be. Mm. It's like my timeline completely aligned. And I knew that I had this like beautiful son who was tucked in bed because my incredible partner had worked all day and then supported me to go to school and took care of him. And, and so, and, and then I got to learn, I got to learn about how to be in this healing field. And, and that was, that was so cool. And it's just continued through it's, you know, through internship and, I found out I was pregnant with my second one when internships started. So there's a pattern here. Um, I don't want to start anything new or else I'm in big trouble. Um, and so, you know, I think it, it certainly was so hard being a new mother and, and developing a business and, and figuring out this craft and 
And it's so life-giving for me to do this work. And it feels like such a blessing to be a part of it. So so that's that's how I landed. And and I I've worked with some incredible supervisors and teachers and it's um it's been really cool along the way. Wow. I have full body chills hearing your <laughs> story and the way you describe things is so beautiful. And I think embodiment is so important. I love how you went through EMDR and it was life changing for you. And I can feel your like heart as you name that of like, I want to give this to more people and support people. And I think so badass of you to be a super mom and have this passion and show women that you can have both. You can raise these beautiful children and you can go after what you want and create your own business. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun and it is totally a balancing act. 100%. And, and there are certainly times when my body is like, Katie, you need to slow down right now. Or like like I, I wrestle with the boys because my husband is like, I, I'd rather just play sports or something with them. So we co-regulate by wrestling. And so it's yeah. so fun. And I've got to do heavy weightlifting to keep up, you know, like they, they are crushing it. So it's fun to find all sorts of way, but all, all ways, but also to be informed on attachment from really early on. I feel like that, that was so helpful as an, as new parents. Mm-hmm. And um, we did some, some intensive work before and during um, to prepare ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm wishing I would have done more of the body work beforehand, like from what Andrew was, was naming in the, the other episode. But uh, we certainly did, did the other more attachment pieces. I love that. So I actually would love to dive into attachment. So was it the woman that you were working with through EMDR that inspired and opened your eyes to the topic of t- attachment? Or how did you even find attachment in that way? Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah, I think she didn't name it blatantly. Yeah. But I knew everything was tracing back to those relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think when I first was really aware of the term attachment was certainly in grad school. And also through this beautiful healer, her name is Carrie Conti. And do you, are you familiar with Carrie? Uh-uh. Okay. So she's a, a, a perinatal and prenatal psychologist and she was based out of Austin and she would do mama baby circles. And my oldest and I did one with her. And so she would have us come to her home and we would sit around this giant rug and with our babies and they were all around the same age. And she would talk to us about the neuroscience of attachment. I know. Oh my God. That's <laughs> I know. incredible. And I just wanted to soak it all up. I mean, it, sure. it was, it was such a beautiful gift that, that she gave us and, and something that I, I still integrate in my work when I work with, with parents and, and attachment. Yeah, I I absolutely love that because I think that's what's so cool about, you know, we talk about healing attachment trauma and like, yeah, there's things to process, but it's ultimately to build healthier, happier connections with our kids. And when you actually understand what's going on, I feel like you can empathize with your kids' emotional experiences and maybe not take it so personally and like build that authentic connection. And 
I want to backpedal. I what I love is that first off, so many things to share after everything you've been talking about. So I love how you're saying co-regulation with the ocean. I think, you know, we talk about co-regulation all the time with humans, but we can also do it with nature, with the elements. So, and I also wanted to point out, I know you were talking about, you know, as a working mom, trying to find the balance of it all. But you said like, I just noticed when my, you know, my body's in overdrive. So I'd love for you to dive into like why you think body-based therapies are so important, especially for a mom that's go, 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 whether she has a business or she's a stay-at-home mom, like why is it so important for us to get more in tune with our body and use certain modalities to understand our bodies better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I, I can just sit and notice and access my body and it's such a beautifully intelligent system Mm -hmm. like right now we're breathing and our hearts are pumping and we're not even paying attention to it yeah and so it's like building this trusting relationship with the intelligence of our bodies Mm -hmm. and I certainly have tools that that I use that I can go over and in the thousands of processings that I've done there have only been two people who haven't been able to identify where the trauma is in their body people know when I ask yeah. like, okay, so what happened? where do you notice it in their body they're like my throat I feel a lump in my throat or I feel in the pit of my stomach and and I think we can be at, we can become so good at ignoring those cues mm-hmm and really, it's our bodies trying to tell us that there's something that needs to integrate. Yeah. And so I think that um, when I go directly to my body, then I can get curious about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I, I do regular processing work. So I think it is so important. I'm so transparent about that with my clients <laughs> that I, I, I do the work. I know what it's like to be a client. I've done my EMDR processing. I've done all sorts of different types of processing, body processing, somatic, IFS, and spiritual processing. And, and I think that the, the clearer I keep my nervous system, the more I can offer space for other people to heal. And so I feel like an advocate in that way where I'm like, if you're a healer, you need to do some healing work. That's oh, really absolutely. It's, embodiment is everything. I mean, we can't go to the depths with our clients if we haven't been there ourselves, right? Yeah. So, I think they can maybe only go as deep as we've been. That's so true. I completely That's just a theory. I don't I, I haven't done any research around that, but <laughs> I, I will second your theory. I completely agree. I mean, and it's pretty wild. I feel like when you go to certain depths, it's amazing. Like a couple weeks later, you'll go to those exact same depths with a client. Um, so I do think embodiment is everything. I mean, that's why I'm constantly doing the processing work too. And I think as you do more processing work, it's less of a mentality of like, oh, there's something I need to fix or change, but right. more like, how can I like dive deeper into my body and feel safer to be in my body and, and look at my sensations from a place of that curiosity. I think that's a muscle 
that most people haven't flexed. And when you can go more into it of like curiosity, you can process these beautiful realizations. It like all comes after um, being with the body so intimately. Yes. Well, and I, and I think that there can be in traditional therapy, a power differential. And I think when, when I'm able to say, I've been on both sides of this room, I've been the client and the clinician that it's, it's, so much less of a power over and a power under and more of a power with. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm not the, like, I'm not a fixer. I'm not here to, do, yeah. to fix any broken pieces. Like you are your whole being and we are just figuring out what your next step is in your path of healing. And so coming alongside is a really important part of the way I work. Oh, I love that. Uh, once again, music to my ears. And it, it kind of reminds me of like what we're taught in this attachment perspective, right? Especially with our relationship with our kids. It's not an authoritarian dynamic. It's a respectful relationship. And I love the way it just kind of flagged my system when you named that. It's like the way we work with our clients is exactly how we'd work with a kid. It's like, hey, I'm going to share my experiences and be real with you and meet you halfway because I've been there too you know? Yes. Oh, and, and what I was taught from Carrie is that she would describe in that mama baby circle that this is a whole being in a little body. Yeah. And, and that there are three questions that I can ask. And I still ask you, I mean, 11 years later, who are you? Why are you here? And how can I help? Mm. And when I can posture myself that way, attunement, co-regulation just naturally happens Mm -hmm. and I will say for all of the mamas out there that doesn't happen 100% of the time like (laughs) that's from top brain right and and so there are plenty of times when I'm in a midbrain state or I'm in a lower brain state and I know that I have to put my oxygen mask on first and regulate my system do self-care co-regulate with my partner or a close friend and and get back to that state where I can, I can have that posturing. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah, because we're gonna come out of alignment, if you will, or we're gonna get triggered or overwhelmed, like that's fucking life, right? Right, right. And I think that's more reason why doing attachment work on yourself or these body based therapies to understand your body more, it like helps you trigger like, okay, I'm, I'm in that lower brainwave state, let me go co regulate with my partner, let me go out in nature, let me reset to come back. Cause yeah, we're, life isn't going to be, we're not going to be perfectly emotionally attuned to our kid or have that mindset 24 seven. And we, the good oh. news is we don't have to, but <laughs> when we can notice when we're charged up and have our tools to move through that in our bodies and come back to them. That's, that's what this is all about. It's not about perfection, you know? Mm-hmm. No. And, and I will, I will tell you as, as a parent and, you know, going back to being a first time parent that stirs up all of your attachment stuff with your parents. Like <laughs> becoming a parent is is like you start to think, oh my gosh, I was this little and how did the people who were in charge of me respond to me? And 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 based that's just the past piece. It's also the present piece of of how your attachment figures are showing up for you as a parent with a new little being and grandparents and like there's so many there's so many dynamics that play. So go easy on yourself and it, it will get the support that you need. It will, it will all sort out, but it is going to stir up a lot. Yeah, no, I love that you're pointing to that. I, I think 
you know, anxiety, postpartum anxiety and depressions on the rise because women aren't familiar that like our kids will mirror and reflect our attachment trauma or what was missed in our childhood. So they think maybe there's something inherently wrong with them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I love attachment because it takes the pressure off of mamas and be like, no, like raising a kid is just going to trigger the implicit memories in your subconscious. And, and it's not like anything's wrong. It actually is a beautiful opportunity to heal layers that you, that were playing in the background that you just had no idea were, even impacting your life until having that baby. Oh yeah. They propel <laughs> us to heal. Kids, <laughs> kids are like, nope, that generational thing, we're we're gonna heal that. <laughs> By <now>. highlighting it. <laughs> yes. And I and I truly like Curtis and I, my partner, we were we were really committed before we had kids to to do EMDR work around attachment because and that commitment was so unwavering and and like the generate and we have generational trauma on both sides that like this generational trauma to the extent that's within our power is going to stop here and and that we are not going to pass that down um and certainly things will slip through the cracks and we'll offer them whatever support we can um and and ourselves but we we were committed and we still are to to doing healing work around that Oh, that's so beautiful. And that's what I'm so excited. I feel like the generations now have opened up their awareness of like that commitment and that devotion of like, Hey, we're going to do this as a team and we're going to change the family dynamics for the better. And you mentioned EMDR with, you know, an attachment emphasis. So I'd love for you to dive deeper into, into that. How do you blend EMDR with this attachment perspective that you have? Okay. Yep. With couples or individuals. Okay. We'll start with individuals and then let's go to couples. Okay. So man, I love talking about these subjects. Okay. So EMDR and attachment with individuals, I think there's so many beautiful aspects to it. And I think it, it truly begins with the therapeutic relationship and the attachment happening in the session. And so I think when, when I can attune and be responsive to all the client's parts, then that begins the attachment work. So for example, um, the client's nervous system is my boss. Mm-hmm. So yes. I, and oh, I make that very clear with them. I'm like, you need to tell me when you feel like you're outside your window of tolerance and and that's also Bonnie Badenock's work. I refer to that quite a bit. But um, with with the attachment system and and paying attention to that, if I have a client who has a pleasing part, and I'm doing the history review, and I dive too deeply into her attachment trauma with her mom, her pleasing part is going to override her nervous system and answer my question even before she's ready. And so being able to attune to that and notice the client's parts and their their own personality, I think is a, an important part of the attachment work. And I I had a I had a client, you know, just a few weeks ago who she's a mama just exhausted and going through attachment questions. I asked her a question that was too far. And it was it was still a gentle question, but I, I just missed a cue. And 
And once I did, I, I realized it and we totally went through a repair and I was like, I, I now, now that I'm getting to know your system, I can see that that, that was a little further than what you wanted to go. And so I'll know that for next time and I'll, I'll be an alert for that. And we will absolutely pace with, with wherever you need to go. And, and I think that that, you know, I can so quickly just be like, yep, that was me. I, you know, and it's that rupture and repair that strengthens the relationship. And instead of, you know, I think in the past, like ego can get in the way where it's like, I made a mistake. What do I do? You know? And now it's like, Hey, I made a mistake. Let's go into rupture repair. Let's do this. This is going to be great. (laughs) And so, and then they also know that, that I'm tracking it and like that my ego is not at play here. Like this is about their healing and their experience. And I'm not going to be perfect mm. ever. Yeah. Like I'm not. And so, and they don't have to be either. And I'm, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, there's something so healing to that. Right. And I think uh, all mamas can hear this and, and, and love the perspective you have. Cause I think that's, it can be so stressful, you know, raising a kid, like, am I doing it right? Oh my God, I don't want to mess up. But having the grace of like, yeah, I'm going to fuck up. And you know what? That's life. And I, I always tell my clients, our kids learn so much from rupture and repair for, to learn the skill set of I messed up and here I want to repair this and, and be better in the future. Like taking that ownership that creates respect in a relationship and for that a child to take that with them as they grow up of like I'm not perfect but I can I can come back own up to my faults repair what was ever missed and and move forward versus like looping in it and oh my god did I do something whatever it may be mm-hmm. right and there's a there's a piece here too around readiness so just because you know going into parenthood it can stir up a lot of, of your own attachment system and wiring does not mean that your nervous system is ready to do deep trauma work. Mm-hmm. And so you could be so exhausted that that could actually re-traumatize. And so that, that as a, as someone who's a trauma specialist, it's, it's so important. I know you know this, it's so important to, again, the client's nervous system is my boss. And so I am titrating as much as possible so that I am not going too deep into trauma healing work when someone's not ready. Yeah. And I think, I think that is important within internal family systems work. That's important with, with any type. I think that's important with yoga. I think that's important with coaching and clinical work. And so there is that piece that we all have to advocate for so that the healing is happening at the client's pace. Yeah, 100%. It's so important. And what you were talking about with attunement, I would love to dive into that because I think that's also important for parents to start to develop that skill set of attunement when they can feel if they're like pushing their kid too much or Mm -hmm. like if there was a miss. And I think once you understand your body and I love that we have the same map, we do attachment and we go off of the five personality patterns because I think understanding different personalities There's certain, it's not like everyone receives, how do I want to describe this? Like attunement, I feel like is meeting someone where they're at. So maybe something that makes you feel seen, heard and understood isn't going to be the exact same thing that makes someone else feel seen, heard and understood. So I'd love for you to dive into that of attunement and how you're able to track like when things get pushed too far or like 
maybe even talking about the personality patterns. I'm going to kind of just let you <laughs> go sure. feel the call with, but I think this attunement piece in personality patterns and everything you're pointing to, I'd just love for our audience to learn a little bit more about that. Sure. I think, I think that um, it's, it feels like customizing based on the person's, their own disposition. And so I think that's probably why I've, I've done training and, and research in many different modalities is because I want to be able to pull tools out of my back pocket yeah. based on what the person needs. So it's never a one size fits all in the work that I do. And, and I love it. So I'm an Enneagram seven. So I love, I love it. I love it to be mixed up. I love to play. I love to get curious. And so I, I, I truly feel fascinated by each person that comes into the space. And so that, that is, and that is like, so I know that not everyone gets to work that way in, in their jobs and all of that. So I do not take that lightly. Yes. Um, but I think it's that we just, we respond and, and also can come to a spot where we say, I've never worked with this before. And, and I'm going to get whatever training or consultation that I need to work with this type of a person and and this personality. And so I think that, you know, is it okay if I touch back on EMDR and attachment? Of course. Yeah. Cool, cool. So the I think a lot of Laura Parnell's work around attachment based EMDR is a lot of the, the work that I do. And we can find many ways of installing resourcing into difficult memories and experiences and and when someone can notice how overwhelming it is to think of being missed or abandoned by a parent and then bring in a safe figure mm. into a visualization or a felt sense, it is so powerful. You can feel the shift in the room. And, and I think that's because we are, we are wired to securely attach. We want that co-regulation and we want to be attuned with. And I think that we need that self-regulation, but we also need that that co-regulation. So yes. Did I answer your question? Yes, 100%. Okay. And okay. I feel like right. that's the thing. It's like these ruptures with attachment happen due to a lack of connection and a misattunement. And so the repair needs connection. So I'd love to dive into now how you blend EMDR and attachment with couples. Okay. All right. Sure. This was so fun because at the, at one of the, the places where I, that I trained the, um, the woman was um, what my couples theories professor and she was opening up a space in Austin. And so she's worked really closely with, with Gottman and was able to share a lot of the couple's stuff with us mm -hmm. and which was so great. And my supervisor at the time while I was there, she would let us experiment a little bit. And so I was only assigned couples. And what I found is that couples, and if we go into IFS, I'm, I'm yes, happy to answer definitely around that. But IFS, yeah. <laughs> okay. But um what what would happen is that couples would sit in front of me on the couch and just just talk at each other right and it was so clear that it's hurt parts and protectors yes. that are that are talking and they 
they're looking at me in desperation. Like, Katie, how do we find our way through this entanglement? And and I'm like, I'm still just going to be curious here. And and I noticed this pattern of it's just the protectors and hurt parts that are, that are in conflict. And my supervisor let me split them up and I would work with each of them in a balanced way so that I could keep both sides balanced and work on an, an EMDR target or two based on their attachment systems. Wow. And then I would bring them back together in couple session and their conflict would begin to shift and change. Wow. And my theory is that they were able to speak more from self energy or that they were able to catch a hurt part that we had integrated. And so then it just would begin to flow. And I I would get to the point where I'm like, do I need to leave this session and leave you two alone? Because like you are vibing. (laughs) No, it didn't work perfectly with every single person and case and everyone is different. But that that's a lot of of what I do now is, you know, if there's a, a hurt part hanging out that is, is preventing the couple from having and experiencing healthy conflict, then we can work on that and see if that shifts the dynamic. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. So yeah, I would love to snowball into internal family systems because you mentioned parts and protectors, which is all a part of that map. And what I love is like internal family systems, it's just starting to scratch the surface. I know Gabby Bernstein wrote a book about it. So it's starting to come into mainstream media, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's too well known just yet. So yeah, could you explain protectors parts? Like what is internal family systems? Okay. The relationships and all that. Sure, sure. So a lot of people will think that it has to do with your family system. Totally. And it does because of the attachment piece, but internal family systems is all about the internal parts that we have. And the way that it was explained to me the best that to where I could download it was that we, we all have self energy. And as we experience life events over time and relationships that we can develop hurt parts, those are called exiles. And those hurt parts have their own set of beliefs and feelings and thoughts. And what happens is that our nervous systems can't handle feeling that all of the time. And so then we develop protectors around them. And those protectors can be managers or firefighters. And they also have their own belief systems and thoughts and emotions and can be stored in the body. Exiles and protectors can be stored in the body in different ways. And so, you know, like, let's say that that a child experiences the loss of a parent in childhood. And let's say that that exile part believes that, that, that it was abandoned. And so that abandonment can't be felt all the time. Mm-hmm. We've got to cope in some ways. And so that child may withdraw from relationships or be hypervigilant about the other parent's well-being and so that can develop into anxiety or um, or withdrawing or avoidance. And so it's it's so interesting to track and to see where parts are, what they're all about, and 
And I love, I love the non-judgmental piece. This is all Richard Schwartz. All of it is Richard Schwartz, but I love the, this really beautiful non-judgmental piece that all parts have the best of intentions in protecting us. Yeah. And sometimes they don't go about it in the best way, (laughs) (laughs) like playing video games for 24 hours straight or something like that. I love playing video games, so I know just that there, but but I, you know, I think that they, they truly want to help. And when we feel hijacked, it's this theory would say that we have blended with a part Mm -hmm. or multiple parts. And so the EMDR work is about finding the exile, that hurt part, and to do healing from the bottom up, from the root up, so that then the protectors just, they start to chill out because they're they're not needed in such a big way. Yeah, it's like they get a different role, if you will. Yes, yes. That's what I love about the internal family systems map. Like you said, it's non-judgmental and it takes the pressure off of you, right? And I, I use that same map with my clients. And once they start to develop the language and the understanding of when their protector comes up or what like the exile behind the protect, it's like the protector just loves the crap out of you and is so fiercely standing in front of the exile because it's like never again, you know? Right, right. So, so I feel like the doorway to even get to the exile is honoring the protector. I think the, our protectors and, and these ego states, like they work so fucking hard, but no mm-hmm. one knows that they're there until we right. do these body-based therapies and like acknowledge like the work they've done without really any <laughs> gratitude for what they have been doing. Right. Right. And I, one visual that has, has always stuck with me is that Every firefighter part has an exile on its back. Like when we think about, you know, firefighter parts can sometimes be more extreme than managers. And when we think about addiction and um, things like that, where someone's life life is, you know, completely debilitated, um, that finding and knowing that there's an exile on that firefighter's back can lead to compassion and and way less judgment about the experience yeah 100% like I literally almost had tears in my it makes me think of my dad who passed away who struggled with alcoholism and I'm just like god if he was given this map of internal family systems like so much would have changed because there were so many times where he would talk to me and he just really thought there was just something inherently wrong with him and broken and then he would loop in guilt for going down like binging alcohol again and it's just so hard to watch someone go through that and be so hard on themselves. But when they understand this map, they can soften and have more compassion and be like, wow, like my system's just working really, really hard to protect me because there is an exile, there is a wounded part that didn't get seen or co-regulated or acknowledged. Absolutely. Yeah. My my um my father-in-law, he he died from alcoholism six weeks before we got married. So Curtis has a really similar experience. And, and I just, I think back to that and just wishing that I knew what I know now because it would have been so different. And now I can really look back with compassion. And, and I, I also want to honor that, you know, Curtis's experience and possibly yours growing up, like that's not easy growing up with a parent who has a hard time with alcohol abuse, you know? And so 
that that has carries its own set of pain, you know, and so it's having the compassion piece can sometimes be hard for Curtis where he's like, no, this was really hard for me, you know? Um, and, and I get that, like he gets every right to work through the pain around that, you know? Yeah. I actually, in my episode with Felicia, we talked about holding true two truths at once. And I was the kind of person that really empathized and understood, but I was real. it was really hard. It took me years of doing this work to finally accept like, but there was impact. And it was really mm-hmm. hard on me as a kid because I went into like that merging compensated of like, no, it's fine. And like, I really understand his side and like happy to help and really get it. But um, and so it sounds like for your husband, it was flip flopped. It was like, no, there was impact. It's hard to see the compassion in it. And I think mm-hmm. in order for us to heal, and I'm sure he's gotten to this point, too, of like being able to hold both. It's like yeah. we need to know, like actually process the impact it caused. And I think that can naturally also bleed into like, okay, well, they did the best they could. I actually now understand why they did what they did, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh, when you said the impact for you, I got chills in my system. (laughs) And and it's so true. And it's like, it's really honoring our story and our experience. And it made me think of also really honoring the impact of what it's like to be a parent. Yeah. And I just want to say this for your audience. Like I, I can say like, yes, I know that I know about attachment work and I know about IFS and I know about attunement. I know about co-regulation and being a parent is, is really intense. Totally. And there is nothing like loving something with your whole being and being completely responsible for their safety, attachment and well-being. Like there is no pressure like it in the world. And and I I truly like I love my boys so much. And it's 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 very it's very intense to love being this much. And really like identifying like the impact on my system. Totally. With that intensity is something that I think that we can all as parents own and process through and and have authentic conversations with other parents about what it's like. Yes. I love that you're honoring this piece. I think it is so important because yes, there's these body-based therapies and these tools and this awareness around attachment and co-regulation that's so important and also acknowledging it's still a lot. Like you said, that that is a lot. You're taking care of someone's well-being and their mental health and attachment like that and you dearly love them. That's a lot to take on. And I don't think people are, or parents are acknowledged enough by like, you're doing the good, the good work. It's, and it's hard. It's so, it's so hard. <laughs> I remember coming home from the hospital with our second and he was like big chunky monkey. Like he was almost 10 pounds. And my mom had, had come and she's just a, such an incredible grandma and she she came and she stayed with with my oldest and who was four at the time and we bring my youngest home and I sit on the couch and and then she's like I left soup on the oven and I'm gonna go now and I was like inside I'm telling you Shana inside I was like what you're leaving (laughs) 
<laughs> and like my own attachment system, I have, I've got my own part that like wouldn't say anything. Cause I'm like, oh, she spent the whole time here with my oldest. Like I don't want to impose on her. I don't want to, but I so desperately like wanted to crawl at her feet and be like, please stay. Like we really like, we amped this up way too many notches and this is a lot with two and we haven't slept and, and, you know, and I, and I think it's the, those times when like you do feel like you're all by yourself in it mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, I'm, I'm overly self-reliant and independent. And so asking for help is really hard for me. And so, and that's because of my own attachment system. And so I think that if I, if I were to go back and do it all over, I would be so much more explicit around the help that I needed. And because you need a lot of it and that's all okay. That does not mean you're weak. Yeah. Like you, you're going through a major life transition and it's okay to beg at the feet of your mother. (laughs) (laughs) She would have, I know she would have, you know, but I was like, I can do this. I, I can pull yourself up by your bootstraps, (laughs) Texas style and just do it, get through it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that you're talking about this because I think that's what makes understanding attachment and your personality pattern so important during this time you know like it sounds like you also had emerging compensated pattern of like if I ask for support that means I'm weak right and that's why I love this work because we can notice these parts or these patterns we've developed and thank god we did we wouldn't be where we are if we didn't and there's also a lot of gifts in the patterns we have but when we start to build awareness around that, then we can start to change the perspective of like having support and realizing it isn't a sign of weakness and, and all that good stuff. No, definitely not yeah. a sign of weakness for sure. Yeah, I, and I love all these practical examples you're giving because I'm sure there's so many women out there that are like, oh, I relate to this so much. Like, I love that you're pointing to because it, it's like, it's not weak to ask for support. And if Mama's out there, if you're hearing this and thinking like, oh, I still have an edge to reach out and ask, that's why doing this work, EMDR, internal family systems, attachment is so important because we can lovingly work with those parts. So a whole new way of being can exist and it can make it easier as you move through motherhood and, and parenthood, if you will. Yes, it's so beautifully said. Yeah. And so I want to actually backpedal to... Uh, when you're talking about couples, I absolutely love your perspective with attachment and couples. What's a like relationship issue you hear in your private practice and like what solutions do you typically offer? Is it more around helping them understand their parts and knowing when like if you're triggered, it's probably a little little one that needs some co-regulation or like I would love to hear your point of view and what you you know support couples with. Oh, for sure. It's it's all parts and mapping. And I love doing, I love tossing in some Imago work. This is so cool. So I'll send you the worksheet if if you'd like to see it. But one of the first things that, that I'll do with couples is we will map out their attachment system using Imago. And what it, it, it shows the first part of the sheet is, is going through the positives and negatives of each parent. Mm. So my mom was always there for me after school, or she, we always did fun things together, 
or she was too busy or, you know, and going through the, yeah. through that. And then you do it with the, the other parent and you can do it with multiple parents if there's, if there's more than two parents. And, and then the next sentence is what I needed most as a child was. And we fill out that, and that's a whole process, I'm right? Sure like, that is we're, a process. we're triggering stuff left and right. <laughs> um, but what's so cool about doing it with a couple is that the partner gets to hear yeah. about the these experiences, and it elicits total compassion. Totally. Or the other partner's like, they're describing me. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my God, that is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our relationship dynamics are a reenactment of what was familiar in the past. Wow. I didn't exactly. That. So that Imago theory is that we unconsciously choose partners to help us heal old wounds. But what happens, the bind is that they're not replicating the healing experience. Right. They're replicating the attachment trauma experience. Right. <laughs> and so you're you if for some reason that they can change, then that heals all of the parts. And talk about pressure as a partner, right? Like you <laughs> you're responsible for healing everything. Yeah. And so by so I love that exercise because it 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 brings light to exactly what's happening and the expectations. So that that's the first part of it. And then the second part is going through um, childhood frustrations and your responses to them. Mm. So, you know, let's say that your family dynamic is really chaotic, then your response may be to go to your room and isolate. And so we we create a list. And then the next part is to describe positive family memories and how you felt. And so then the the last part of the worksheet is bringing it all together. So it's, I'm looking for a partner who does all the positives of my parents. Yes. Hoping that they won't do all of the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> and also hoping that they will do that one sentence of like, what I hoped most as a child was this. Like, I'm hoping that I'll be seen or attuned with or noticed. Yeah. And so that's the ex- that's the primary expectation of your partner is what you didn't get. And then it goes through how you how your part can in the frustrations and then the positive memories, how your parts can be adapting or coping to frustrations in the relationship, whether or not you withdraw or go out with friends or, or something like that. There's many, many things that that come up on those sheets. Oh my, that map is incredible. Please send it by. <laughs> Absolutely. Genius. People and love it. Yeah. It's so good. Like, and it opens up awareness for both partners that they probably didn't understand was at the forefront. It really, I feel like opens up the dialogue instead of pointing the finger at each other. Like, Hey, this is how I was raised. This is the impact it had on me. And, mm-hmm. and then being able to see like, oh, it is pretty wild how we reenact relationships. And we're like, why are we in this scenario? It's like, well, our mind loves what's familiar. So we will gravitate to relationship dynamics that like give us that same felt sense of what we were as kids. But I think what's so beautiful, mm-hmm. it's just like any trigger or any relationship it gives us the beautiful opportunity to finally heal. I think I Mm -hmm. talked about this with Felicia. There was a quote that says like, there's never, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And I know that this is what 
he was pointing to is like, we can repair those missed experiences now. And thank God we're adults because now we can really take ownership as little ones. We needed the parent to support us and hold our hand through it. But now that we're adults, we can take that ownership and collaborate and and ultimately heal those missed experiences. Yes. And to have that earned secure attachment. And what I love about that that exercise is that it so clearly maps out potential EMDR and IFS work because the whole first page is exiles and then the whole second is protectors. And then, and so it's such a clear map in one or two sessions on what can be worked with. And then, and then the, the clients can also see, Oh, this is all so validating for me. And there can be varying degrees of, of how someone's triggered by doing that, that type of worksheet. And so I don't, I don't split up couples and do EMDR with all of them. That's certainly, um, I will, I will refer out if it's a complex type of case, because that's just too much overlap, too much work to do. But, um, you know, if, if someone has experienced secure attachment, maybe they have an avoidant part or an anxious part, and we can work with that a little bit and and see if we'll get some some traction there. And 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 going into that, if it's okay, I think that there's this um there's this piece within attachment theory where people will latch on um so harshly to like I am anxious attachment or I am avoidant yes, attachment. One hundred percent. And this is where IFS comes in in such a beautiful way to say, oh well, there's an anxious attachment part. Mm-hmm. And you've also experienced secure attachment with friendships or with, you know, yeah. with your spouse or, you know, and so I think that we all probably have a little bit of all of them. It can be, you know, sometimes your, your partner is showing up with an anxious attachment part and sometimes it's avoided and, you know, and it's, yeah. it's just about being able to be aware about what's happening in, in your dynamic. I love that you're bringing this topic to the forefront because I know when people hear attachment, like the first thing they go to is like secure, avoidant, you know, and it's right. like, which category, like, what yeah. category am I in? And, I, and yeah. I'm in this bucket and it's like, they get so lost in being in the anxious attachment bucket or, and like you said, we have so many different parts. We have such a co- complex system that we probably have every single attachment style in us based on who we're talking to based on so many different things so I love that you're pointing to that because I think it can get so rigid and then people stay stuck and like oh my god I'm expressing anxious attachment and and what we teach in the map we give clients it helps take the pressure off of like you're not this thing and more like awareness of like oh I have a part coming up and it's expressing this way and then once you have that understanding it's easier to to meet the unmet need versus like I am this yes yes well and even on that piece just going off of that I mean the fact that with with our children and secure attachment we need to be attuning to them 30% of the time for secure attachment which was the best news I had ever Ever. heard as a parent because I'm like okay I have to do it just right I have to turn attune perfectly and that's anxious right there like my anxiety (laughs) part was coming up and so once I was told that I was like sweet, I'm doing way more than that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it takes the pressure off. It's such a, I know what I love is that every person I've, like that's come on the show that knows attachment brings that fact up. And I think it is so freaking important to really hammer that and like really highlight that because 
of course, when you have so much love for your kid, you're like, oh, I want to get it right. And oh my God, the stress of that. And like you said, the whole, like, I'm taking care of a child's well-being, like that is a lot of pressure. And when we can understand, we only have to get it right the first time, 30%. And the other times we can build awareness around what the ruptures were or like what the misattunement was. Once again, another benefit of doing this work because you can finally understand the nuances or like, oh, I tried one way and that was a miss. Let me, let me go back and realign and come back again. I think that is so important. And I also think it's important in relationship dynamics. I'm assuming that, you know, you're teaching the couples, each other's like parts and how to meet that. And so do you also talk about like rupture and repair with their relationship as well? Oh yeah. And we'll do it right in the room. Yeah. Like just, if it was a miss, like let's practice it right now because it yes. just strengthens the bond and, and to see the, the relaxing of protectors when a partner can say, hang on, let's pause. I think I just missed something right here. Can I really hear you? It's so beautiful. Like it, it just, my whole system, like love is in the air. Like it's so clear, you know, that that's exactly what the person system needed and that we do not have to be perfect. Yeah. We just have to try to be attuned. Yeah. I, I love Even when you point into that or name that I, my system, like I took a huge deep breath. It's like, and you come back to that natural heartfelt energy we all have access to beyond the parts and Mm -hmm. and when you can uh, it's all about authentic connection like when you say that all I'm hearing is like the willingness to authentically relate and connect what I love about relationships and couples understanding attachment and working on that together I, I just imagine in my head imagine their child seeing that dynamic in the household yeah like how much yeah. of shit, like, I feel like there's such a learn, like, cause kids learn what we live. Right. And, and what we're modeling in our everyday lives, which is why I think adults, when parents can, you know, tag team together and learn this attachment map and personality patterns and attuning to themselves and rupturing repair, like imagine seeing co-regulation, like your parents doing co-regulation when one was triggered as a child. Like, I just feel like that would have changed so much for me. Magic. <laughs> There is there is a Carrie Conti taught us this. I will credit her. There is a sticky note on my fridge still that says, "Do you want to be right or do you want to be connected?" Because you can't be both. Oh, I've chills. And I'm like that. I have a protector that will go. I I can be competitive, and I have a protector that will like just fight. And when I see that, I'm like. Oh, like this is my partner. Like this is Curtis. I I choose to be connected. And and that can look like a pause. That can look like, hey, I've got to work with my protector that just wants to win and be right for a few minutes before I can come to this conversation with care and connection and really hear which parts you're talking about. And so that that has been a really important tool for us. That mantra, I'm going to stick that on my fridge. I think that I think every couple, every person should have that because, wow, like connections, all we want. It's our number one psychological need and our, our parts and protectors can 
you know, blind us from that for a quick moment. But once again, understanding this map, you could have softness for those protectors. They they come in because there's a reason. They don't just come in out of thin air to like create disconnection. It's like when we can empathize. So I love your awareness of like noticing when a protector comes up. And that's why we do this. It's like, okay, taking ownership. Let me work this part. It'll come back into yeah. connection. Yes. And that, and that, I think that does have to be clearly communicated as much, as much as you can. I know that Absolutely. when you're triggered, you can go into midbrain quickly and all the language is gone. It's just parts having feelings. <laughs> and so I think, but if I can communicate with Curtis and say, Hey, I need a minute. I'm, I'm pretty triggered, you know, and just even say that, or I can say, Hey, I'm going to be back. Like, yeah. I'm going to be back in 10 minutes you know, so that it doesn't feel like I'm shutting down or abandoning what feels really important to him. Yeah, I love that you're acknowledging that too, or pointing that out. Because yeah, it's like he has parts too. And so to acknowledge like, hey, I'm coming back. <laughs> right, I'm coming back. <laughs> I promise. That, if you just completely go out the door and it's like, ah, his parts are now are like, what the hell? So I love having that open awareness. It builds so much connection. And I think when we're triggered a lot, I, I always tell my clients like when you're triggered you're in your like little child like you can take the pressure of off of adult you because she's not in the room no, no she's <laughs> gone she's she gone <laughs> and, and, and I think that helps like my every time I've mentioned that to a client they're like oh that makes sense and then they'll explain it to their partner because when you see two people fighting to me I just see like two little kids parts like going back yeah. and forth <laughs> And so I think when partners open the awareness of like, oh, when I'm triggered, it's a little one, they can also meet that little one versus, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, it, it takes the pressure off. It's not so personal. Like, why is the adult them going off on me? It's like, when you have the perspective of like, when they're going off, it's a little one that wants to be seen, heard and understood. And it's just having a really yeah. shitty way of expressing it. Yeah. I feel like it gives more empathy and compassion and, and an opportunity to reconnect again, if you will. Beautiful. Yes. I think that that's often the role as a couples counselor is, is to sub in for that secure attachment posturing for the hurt parts that are in the room. So even taking a pause and saying, Hey, I think, I think there's a, a maybe possibly a younger part triggered here. Can we take a few minutes to, to get curious about that? And, and sometimes that takes some some co-regulating with the other partners so they can downregulate, and and then once we can do that and and work with that in in a way that's safe and maybe safe for the first time mm -hmm. in the dynamic that um, then I begin to see traction there when we can really get to those more vulnerable or exiled parts and offer them safety. And then at the same time, modeling that so that the other partner can see what that looks like. Because yeah. how many people were were offered that modeling? I, so, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Where I'm, are they? I'm blank. I'm blank. Where are those <laughs> um, unicorns? <laughs> right, right. But it's going back to what you said about, you know, children being able to see that and to see parents be able to get through conflict in a healthy way. You know, I think that that's something that, that we can do in, in therapy. Yeah. 100. I, that's what I love is that it's not selfish to put your needs first or repair these parts in you. Cause it's, a, there's a, such a massive ripple effect, whether it's with your partner or just your kids being able to see that dynamic and 
then you're also setting up your kids for healthy relationships in their future to get the actual transmission of ruptures and repairs and understanding parts and being loved with all of your parts unconditionally loved like they're going to attract such healthier relationship dynamics when they're older and that time comes for them I love this and it even goes back to what you were saying earlier in our talk about about how parents are getting really intentional about doing this work and doing generational trauma work and that is so exciting for my kids generation it's so exciting. I, I, even just as you name it, I get full body chills and I, I have a, a canyon in my backyard that I always walk every day. And I always come home and tell my husband, I'm like, I'm constantly seeing parents like co-regulating with their kids or getting to eye level and talking to it. Like, I just see attunement left and right in this park. And I'm just like, Connor, this gives me so much faith in humanity. Like there's just (laughs) like, I'm actually starting to see it more and more. I just think our generations have opened up their awareness to the pain in their life. And I feel like once you hit that painful threshold in your life, you're like, okay, I need to make a change. And then Mm -hmm. it opens you up to this world of attachment. Like I, if someone, when I first started this work said I had attachment trauma, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't. Right. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm just struggling with XYZ. Um, (laughs) But once I think what's cool is our generation's like, I'm dealing with pain, whether it's anxiety, depression, looping negative thoughts, overwhelm. I want to make a change. And then they open their world to IFS attachment. And then they're like, wait, I want to make a change to improve and change the dynamics for the future generations. I just think that's so exciting. Yes. Well, and it makes me think of the one piece of the Enneagram that has always stuck with me. And it's that even if you were loved perfectly, you're only able to receive it imperfectly mm. based on your number. And so I think that even if we had the ideal dynamic, that we still can only receive it based on what we're working through on this planet and in our lives. And so I think that sometimes that can take off um, the, you know, the maybe um, a lot of blame that can happen for our caregivers yeah. and, and more of a, I do believe that they were doing the best they can going back to Richard Schwartz and the, like the uh-huh. non-judgmental, like they were absolutely doing the best that they could. And that does not mean that it was perfect. Yeah. It's like, we only know what we know until we, we know. <laughs> and until I, we're aware of it. Right. Yeah, And I feel like with the topic of attachment, like our parents weren't ever taught about co-regulation, attachment, internal family systems was definitely not a thing. Like, so of course they went off of what they were taught. And, and I think that's what it's all about. It's like getting better every generation. I mean, there's going to be things our kids know that we're like, oh shit, I had, I had no idea that was a thing. Um, so <laughs> that <it>. again. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like there is going to be wounds and misses and that'll be their opportunity to heal and get better for when they raise kids. And that's what it's about. It's not about perfection. And it's also, I love the empathy piece of like our parents didn't know they literally they 
they care about us so much and they just did what they thought was the best thing for us. So it's, I think it's coming back to that whole two truth, holding two truths at once, like really understanding they, they did the best they could. They didn't know about these different developmental stages or personality patterns or attachment and honoring that and respecting that. And also understanding the impact processing that. So you get better as, as you pass on parenting. Yes. And I, and I do think that that's like what I, what I bring up with the empathy piece is, is more of a conscious self energy perspective and a really important part of the attachment work is allowing all of the hurt parts to have their own language and their own feelings and their own expressions about what that was like for them and clients can rage about it and they can blame all they want. And, and I think it's an important piece of letting it all move through. And then I, what I do know time and time again is that self-energy always comes back mm-hmm. into compassion and non-judgment and clarity and confidence and beautiful creativity. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I feel like like just finally giving those wounded parts a voice, but we don't give them a voice to loop in that and stay in that. It's more like to process the direct experience and the body, the impact so we can let it go and go back to that self energy, that heart space, that compassion for, for what happened as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love it. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours <laughs> about this. Maybe we'll have to do some more podcast episodes because it's been so amazing chatting with you and, and really diving mm-hmm. into this. And I just love your perspective on attachment with relationships. Like it's so beautiful and I need that map. Please send me that map. Okay. Because <laughs> I was gonna ask, you know, you know, what would be your top tip for, you know, tip for couples getting started in this. But I think that that map is is such a beautiful beginning point. It's such a kickstart. And I, I've done it. My clients do it. I mean, I I will send it to you today. Yay. Perfect. <laughs> well, to wrap up, um, I just wanted to give you the floor of how my audience can connect with you and work with you. Like, are you got your website, email, whatever you want to drop? Uh, yeah, I've got my my website, katiecummingslpc.com. And my information is on there. Perfect. Easy enough. And I'll make sure to drop that in the show notes below. So you got all the right words or the right letters in that. Cool. Um, but <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I so appreciate it. Oh, of course. I so appreciate the work that you're doing. And it's it's so beautiful even listening to the other episodes. And thank you so much for putting it all out there because it's really important. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.